0: From the Alex Rebecca stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy!
1: Hello and welcome back to Inside Jeopardy! Your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy! I'm Sarah Foss and I'm joined today by Buzzy Cohen.
2: Hey Sarah, how are you today?
1: Well, happy to be here with you. We've
2: got a little more space today. Michael Davies just drops a executive producer question and then doesn't stick around for the answer
1: i know and we don't get to hear any johnny gilbert the axe the guitar the mullet we We don't get to hear any of that we have to come up with our
2: own shtick for the top of the show okay these are goals 2023
1: podcast goals Well, we do want to thank everyone for sending in your (laughs) suggestions on Michael Davies' executive producer question, as he's calling it, regarding our audience for Masters. We are definitely enjoying reading through all of them. I think my favorite suggestion involved using a Mm neuralizer from the Men in Black films to erase the memories of all audience members after each taping. I mean, we do work for Sony, and they did do Men in Black. Not sure how realistic. Love a tie-in how realistic it is but you know (laughs) love the ideas from our listeners we're going to share more of them over the next few weeks including what we ultimately decide to do so that if it affects any of you who are listening you can sign up get your tickets and be here for Masters I,
2: I really like the idea of having people who are in the contestant pool as the audience and then like potentially threatening them with never getting to be a contestant if they reveal it. I did like the sort of vindictiveness of right? that concept. And yeah. just
1: that threat alone yeah. would put fear in yep. your heart yep. if you are someone who is you know, I, so close to I, getting on the show.
2: I think somebody uh, brought up that back in his days of executive producing Millionaire, Michael Davies told an audience that if anybody revealed anything, he would hunt <laughs> them down and kill them. Yes. So this is a man who takes it seriously, and as he's taking it seriously by asking the audience, "I love Yeah, it.
1: and I think with a British accent, anything oh, yeah. sounds actually dangerous. kinder. You know, like "I'm going to hunt you down and kill you."
2: Yeah, it could well, be kinder or accent. somehow more serious. Yeah. Well, anyway, to be determined. We've got a lot meantime, to talk about today. Yeah, we've
1: got a lot. Of games to discuss. Last week, Troy Myers' impressive run came to an end. I think we were all a bit shocked when that happened. But it didn't happen until after he had secured his spot in the next tournament of champions. Certainly looking forward to seeing him there. Absolutely. And in Celebrity Jeopardy, Patton Oswalt advanced to the finals in a very exciting come-from-behind victory that I don't think even Patton expected. So let's get right into the recaps. Cue the beep boop.
2: Factors ready to eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormules.com slash Jeopardy fifty and use code Jeopardy50 to get fifty percent off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormules.com slash Jeopardy50 to get fifty percent off.
1: All right, we started off the week with our returning champion Troy Meyer going for his third win against Anne Faircloth and Duncan Bowling
2: Troy started off the week with once again a runaway three for three you know he is so strong coming into this Monday game I think that it, he it felt like okay we've got something happening here right
1: and I would be remiss if I didn't mention last week I talked about his impressive cheering section of all of his trivia team members in the audience I should also say that he had a former contestant in the crowd cheering him on. That was, of course, his wife, Genevieve Sheehan, mm. who competed in season 26. Genevieve, big supporter of her husband, of course, big supporter of Jeopardy. I had the chance to actually meet her on one of the lunch breaks <laughs> in the commissary, as one does. And she came up to me and did say that she's a big fan of Inside Jeopardy. Oh. She,
2: so there are people listening to us. There are people that is, listening. That and is people. News.
1: Who matter in our community. So Amazing. thank you, Genevieve, for saying hello. And
2: the fact that his wife is named Genevieve, Jessica Stevens pointed oh, yes. out oh, yes. that that might be a little bit of a spoiler for the next Tournament of Champions because Amy Schneider's wife, also named Genevieve, is there a, a Genevieve wife good luck charm?
1: Perhaps. We know he'll be back to put that to the test, Troy will be, see how strong the Genevieve wife is. Factor impacts (laughs) TOC outcomes. Another fun interview moment in that show was Duncan. He told Ken that, you know, Ken is actually his nemesis, that when he was in high school quiz bowl, his teacher used to always say, how do you think Ken Jennings got so far? It's not by slacking off (laughs) our social and digital team. They hopped right on the heels of that. They created one of those old-school success posters with the subtitle, How Do You Think Ken Jennings Got So Far? It's Not By Slacking Off. Some people thought it was real because it was posted by us. And, yeah. you know, it's like we're being funny. Yeah. We're so funny. At
2: tricky, Japanese. tricky. Well, not a lot to talk about in terms of <laughs> gameplay because this really was the Troy show. But I do want to say Troy had 34 correct responses tied for fourth most this season, only behind Rowan Ward and Chris Panulo.
1: Yeah, pretty impressive This was no doubt a runaway. We headed into Tuesday's game. Troy returning to battle it out against Joe Incalingo and Linda Napikoski.
2: Another impressive Jeopardy round for Troy and another big Daily Double in double Jeopardy round for 6,000. Troy ends up with another runaway.
1: I think one of my favorite moments from that game was Troy saying, bring it on the final clue (laughs) in the Jeopardy round. Ken, of course, saying and acknowledging maybe a little Sam Buttrey, as Sam Buttrey would say, it's become synonymous with Sam. And in the double jeopardy round, another 17 correct responses for Troy seems to be his lucky number and a big daily double. He loves the primes. He loves it.
2: Post-game chat, Troy said he attributes his success to playing a lot of trivia. Sarah, we had talked about this, how Troy is certainly what I would say, a known quantity in the trivia world. I think uh, in addition to what we had talked about on the Reddit, in addition to the fact that he had a bunch of well-known TV and non-TV trivia personalities, I saw some people tweeting out, oh my God, this is Meyer T from who wins all of the Learned League (laughs) things. It's like, ah, yes, putting it together.
1: Yes. And he also joked that, you know, not only did he get that love of trivia from his mom and his grandfather, he talked about when he was only like you know, four years old and he'd be on his grandfather's lap watching trivia and he would give him a hard time if he didn't get the correct response. He's like, Bampa, I'm only four. (laughs) (laughs) So the expectations were high for Troy from a very early age. All right, we're moving on to Wednesday. Troy returning for his important TOC official qualifying fifth game win going up against David Mays and Christina Zimmerman.
2: And he really earned this one. This was not a runaway. Yeah, his Uh,
1: first (laughs) non-runaway in five games.
2: And only seven correct responses in that double Jeopardy round. It was really, you know, David kicked it into high gear in that double Jeopardy round, made a pretty big $4,800 daily double on that first daily double wager to end the double Jeopardy round Just $2,000 behind Troy.
1: And I was sad to see the 17 correct responses. He had done that for five straight rounds through the Jeopardy round, but only seven in double Jeopardy because of David's impressive game.
2: We're seeing more of this kind of game theory wagering from second place, uh, especially when you're up against someone like Troy, who in spite of his runaways is still getting final Jeopardy correct. I wonder, is David a candidate for a second chance?
1: I would have to think so. When you're going up against a player like Troy and you put up a first non-runaway, that's showing, to me, your level of gameplay. The five-day total for Troy, $170,401. One of our friends on Reddit pointed out that that is the best post Holtzhauer five-day total by just one dollar.
2: Wow. Very impressive.
1: All right. We're heading into Thursday. On a Jeopardy tape day, we've just had a lunch break. Yep. Sorry. Spoiler alert. This all <laughs> happens in the same day. We've just had a lunch break and Troy is now going up against Emma Moore and John Guskowski.
2: Another very tight game. This one, Troy, in a little bit more control, but John, in the double Jeopardy round, makes that daily double work for him with $8,000 and finishes just $2,000 behind Troy again.
1: And you may recognize that name, Guskowski. John, actually the father of one of our standout JNCC contestants, Gus Guskowski. Also, fans may notice that Troy is sitting during today's game. And, you know, we just had commented a few weeks ago and teased that you will see in coming weeks a contestant who requested to sit. And it was a reminder that at any point, if any of our contestants feel that they could perform better by sitting or anything we can do to accommodate them to have their best performance, we certainly make every effort to do so. Buzz, you know, you know, this is Troy's second day.
2: Yeah, this is the second consecutive tape day. There is a lot of fatigue. You have to, you've won two games of Jeopardy! and then you have to go home or to your hotel or wherever you're staying, and you're supposed to go to sleep, (laughs) which uh, I certainly did not do a good job of. Uh, You know, you want to try to keep it together, but it's exciting, and there's a lot of adrenaline, and I've certainly noticed that towards the end of my second tape day, which is when I lost, I really started to feel the fatigue of that tape schedule, and I think what we're seeing as this week goes on is that tape schedule starting to affect troy
1: want to discuss one of the responses from troy in the jeopardy round in a category about what's in the bottle for 400 different types of vinegar including this dark rich variety from modena italy troy responded basalmic and again we double checked it we made sure we stopped the tape he did in fact not put the l before the s so we were not able to to accept that. But again, just want you to know that in these moments, we go back, we check, we make sure that what we heard is actually what happened in the show. want to give everyone their best chance to succeed.
2: As a contestant, you're up there, your life is flashing before (laughs) your eyes. So we say things wrong, we think we say them right. I remember during my contestant briefing, uh, Maggie Speak used to tell the story about someone saying, Nabibia, (laughs) <laughs> Instead of Namibia, and they were like, "There's no way I would say I would Namibia. Say Why that? would I ever say that? I that? Roll back the tape." They said Namibia. Oh, see, so, and, and
1: oftentimes we do play it in the studio yeah. because I know that in your heart of hearts you think there's no possible way that I would have said balsamic. That's not. <laughs> <it."> <laughs> that's not a thing. That's not a thing. We're talking but... about Troy Myers here. <laughs> yeah, you he never said. He doesn't mess up. But regardless, as you say, this was not a runaway for him.
2: Troy has to wager a lot in this final Jeopardy does get it correct. John also correct. Uh, Of course, Troy had wagered to cover. I'm curious if you have any insight into John's 50% of his score wager. If John, if you are out there on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, I'm just wondering if that was like, hey, I'll bet half of what I got or if there was some uh, deeper logic going on there.
1: Let us know. John did say (laughs) that Gus had done very well heading into final, but didn't end up winning because Gus didn't get their response Mm. correct, unlike their dad. But they both had great games, didn't end up with a win. Interestingly enough, because Troy did have to wager so much, he earned the fourth highest single game total of this season, (laughs) $44,401. Guess who holds the top 3 records this season?
2: I'm going to guess Chris Panulo.
1: You are correct. Amazing. Ding, ding, I'm good ding, at ding, answering ding. questions on so the Sony lot. So good.
2: I just also want to point out because you know I'm here as the fashion correspondent yes, as well. Yes, you are. Let's talk about John's amazing yellow frames, reminiscent of Roan Talsma, who took down Amy Schneider. Maybe John, hoping that would be uh, the lucky charm to take down Troy, who is at least you know up there with Amy in terms of reputation at this point.
1: Absolutely. I do think I recall that John shared with us that it was in fact Gus who helped select those special frames. Oh, so a it's
2: a family affair. The
1: family affair on Jeopardy. It just keeps giving and giving. All right, well, we're closing out the week with Troy Meyer going up against Jake D'Arruda and D. Williams. Once again, we should mention Troy is seated. Yeah. This is the second day, long day, going in. The fall in. of Troy. The fall of Troy.
2: I hate to see him go. He's a really fun player to watch. Yeah. And for the um, first
1: time in his run, he was not in the lead at the end of the Jeopardy round. Jake D'Arruda just had a small small lead over troy but this seemed to be an indication of what was to come
2: you know troy did pretty well in the double jeopardy round getting 11 correct only one clue less than jake however as we've discussed jake found that second daily double made a big big ten thousand dollar wager i have to say my heart speeds up when i see the dash of fashion category I knew it would. Unfortunately, it wasn't exactly, it wasn't like Buzzy (laughs) Cohen presents fashion from Celebrity. Because I mean, nothing
1: can match that.
2: Spandex and a chunky shoe is not exactly part of my (laughs) repertoire. But I think I could pull off a fez or maybe some culottes. I think I would look cute in culottes. Anyway, it was a real (laughs) battle out there between Troy and Jake. Interestingly enough, I wish Michael Davies was here to discuss a triple stumper. We talked about the game theory part of the second place wager. Troy hadn't had to make that kind of calculation and did the sort of, what I would say, the older style of betting at all.
1: He just got to go all in. He just went all in, yeah. which is
2: kind of what, what I think used to be the kind of received wisdom on what you have to do uh, from second place. and And the wagering strategy has evolved a little bit. I would love to hear if Troy is coming back for TOC with maybe a different thought on his final jeopardy wager however he's doing so well in final jeopardy up to this point how do you not bet on yourself I feel it Troy I love you can't wait to see you back on the stage
1: and we know that we will Ken ended that show by saying we'll be seeing Troy in the tournament of champions I had a chance to catch up with him right after this moment. Not always the moment champions want to speak with me, but nonetheless, I was able to catch up with Troy. Such a great run for him. We'll see him in the TOC. Let's take a listen to that interview. Troy Meyer, six-game Jeopardy! champion. How does that sound to you?
3: Incredible. Like, this is the biggest dream come true.
1: Over $200,000. Some pretty successful games, big totals in all of them. What does that money mean to you and your, and your wife?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it means a lot. Uh, you know, I think my, my son is a, obsessed with trains, and I think <laughs> the first thing that we'll buy is, like, a really nice train set for him.
1: We've learned so much about you over your run. I was fascinated to find out that you really did meet your wife through Jeopardy! That's so right. this show has, has changed your life in many ways. It is,
3: yeah. It's been a huge part of my life, and just to be here is... An incredible thing. Everyone here has been so kind and professional and just great. And, yeah, I'm sad to see it end.
1: (laughs) Well, it's ending for now, but obviously we're going to see you back in the Tournament of Champions. We had quite a lineup last year. Uh, You've seen the field kind of building so far this season. What are your thoughts heading into the TOC?
3: Well, Chris is obviously an incredible player and somebody that, you know, I'll certainly be looking for in the TOC. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, just bring it, bring my game and, uh, you know, play as well as I can.
1: Now you had something unusual. You had like a VIP trivia (laughs) cheering squad here for you during every game. Tell me, it must say a lot about you, not only as a trivia person, but as a a human that you had such support throughout your run.
3: Well, I'm really grateful that, they all could be here and I feel grateful to have achieved what I have in trivia and to have you know the friendship and respect of my peers and it's just been amazing that they've been here
1: you mentioned that you've got the Jeopardy stats but you're the world trivia champion team is that right
3: that's right yeah uh, myself Victoria Gross uh, Susanna Brooks Brandon Blackwell and Andrew Alsberger. Uh, we have won what's called Online Quizly seven consecutive times or something like that.
1: Pretty impressive. Yeah. How, how do the two compare? What feels, I mean, I know they're both well, really Well, this one you win
3: a lot more money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so there's a little bit bigger bragging rights yeah. in the form of money. Yes,
3: yeah. Uh, but I mean, to, to be able to compete on this stage, there's no comparison.
1: You've watched the show since you were a little kid, you've talked about your grandfather's love of the show, your mother's love of the show. Did it live up to the expectation of your childhood dreams, would you say?
3: Absolutely, and more.
1: And what will you take away from this experience as the highlight?
3: Man, there are so many. Uh, I think being able to just live a dream.
1: Well, dreams do come true as a six-day champion. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention like those four runaway games that you started out with. Such a strong player. How did that feel to come out here finally and to perform at a level so high, probably in the way you had hoped to perform.
3: Yeah, I I knew I could always do it. And you know, if I ever got a shot, I feel like I could do it. And just to to realize that is amazing, really amazing.
1: Well, you took your shot. We're really proud of your performance and we can't wait to see you in the Tournament of Champions.
3: Thank you, thank you.
2: Thanks for that interview. Congratulations again, Troy, on a great run.
1: All right, we are moving now to Celebrity Jeopardy, where we featured our last semi-final game on Thursday with Michael Sarah, Patton Oswalt, and Brendan Hunt.
2: You know, this was a game where I think the favorite coming into the game had to be Brendan after that quarterfinal.
1: Started out with a very evenly matched round. All three celebrities within $2,000 of each other, but then Brendan just had the slightest lead over Patton, and he really started to pull away in double jeopardy 15 correct responses more than doubling both of his competitors totals and he just took that strong lead heading into triple jeopardy despite not finding either of the daily doubles which says a lot
2: yeah triple jeopardy gotta love that we get to talk about triple jeopardy every week right now yeah another 15 correct responses two correct daily doubles for eight thousand dollars i want to talk about getting to see I always admit to fanboying out when Amy Schneider makes an appearance and I love the Amy Schneider Golden State Warriors. Amy is a big fan. I follow Amy on every social media (laughs) platform possible and Amy is always at the games posting. I love it and that was a really really fun category.
1: Yeah one that Brendan Hunt ran. It was right in his wheelhouse, apparently. He must be a fan as well. Want to get back to the interviews a bit because Michael Sarah was talking about he worked on the movie Barbie. And you may remember Simu Leo also worked on Barbie. Could tell us nothing. Like Mayam referred to, you know, when he was here, he couldn't tell us much. You know, she asked Michael, what can you tell us about it? And he was like, aha, I get different authorization than Simu. And then he said nothing, but he did confirm (laughs) that he doesn't play Barbie. Then Maya asks Brendan, so what can you tell us about the third season of Ted Lasso? And Brendan just says, it will have 12 episodes. And then Patton gets in his interview and he says, I can tell you so much about Barbie and Ted Lasso. But a funny story back to Ted Lasso. (laughs) We looked at the tape of Brendan Hunt's audition for Jeopardy. Remember, this is June of 2020. And in his interview... He talks with the team about how he has this new show coming out on Apple TV+, and it's called Ted Lasso, to which one of the contestant coordinators responds, That's great. I I hope that goes really well for you. (laughs) Newsflash, it does. He was so humble in that moment, and obviously he didn't know what it would go on to do, but really fun to just take that little little inside look into someone at a specific moment in their life that they didn't know was going to change, you know, dramatically.
2: Incredible. Well, it was all looking like Brendan until Final Jeopardy. The clue in the category of novels breeders, wives, and unwomen was the headline of the New York Times 1986 review
1: of this novel. Yes, and only Patton was correct. What is The Handmaid's Tale? He went all in. Being the only correct player, he gets that amazing come-from-behind victory. I don't think anyone was in more shock than him. Yes. He says after he's announced the winner, Did I? What the hell?
2: <laughs> well, I got a feel for Brendan. As someone who's had a few mishaps in Final Jeopardy myself, I hope that he will come back and compete. But Patton, congratulations. He is going to be facing who, Sarah, in the well, finals? Well,
1: it's the finals, everybody. Joining Ike Baronholtz, and Will Wheaton three strong players going head to head for a million right. dollars to charity.
2: This is unofficial, but let's ha- okay. let's do a little handicapping. All right. Patton, Ike, and Will, who do you got in this one?
1: I can't say because I already know.
2: Well, may- pretend like you don't know.
1: <laughs> I can't pretend like I I can't unknow. All I can say is my instinct proved to be correct.
2: Okay, okay. Well, I think that all three of these players, I don't think there is a weak link in this. I think we are ready for a big, big final. Yeah, these Uh, are
1: three real fans of Jeopardy. They know the game, they know how to play, and they've proven themselves to be very strong in their outings so far. I did have a chance to catch up with a very surprised Patton Oswalt right after he advanced to the finals. Let's listen in. Patton Oswalt, no one more surprised than you right now that you're headed to the finals.
0: I could, I could not be more stunned. I was totally cool with Brendan taking it, his buzzer technique, his encyclopedic brain. I don't know what to say right now. I don't know what to say right now.
1: When you know it, you know it. Did Handmaid's Tale just come to you right away?
0: No, it didn't. And it took me a second. Um, I was trying to think, What is it 80s, not 80s book? And I went toward men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And then I had to go, no, it's a novel, you idiot. So then I was trying to think of, well, what would be, and then, oh, it was like last second Handmaid's Tale. I mean, I think I got it in right before it ended.
1: Now, we've had some come from behind wins, almost as dramatic as yours, Simu Liu. Did you see that game? Did you know this was possible, Pat?
0: I I knew it was possible. I, I knew it was possible. I didn't think it was probable.
1: And in the moment, in the seconds you realized, what went through your mind?
0: I did not have a single thought in my mind. It was too much. There are some things that happen to you where you don't have the brains to categorize or describe it. And that's how I was. Don't, don't have the mind space for it right now.
1: When you came into this competition, did you think, like, you know, I could make it to the finals? Or were you just hoping to become a Jeopardy! champion? Like, how far have you exceeded your own expectations at this point?
0: Right along with Michael, I just wanted to make it into the semifinals. Because I've seen... Celebrity Jeopardy, once you get into the semifinals, it's the real brainiacs going with each other. And I just figured, I'd, if, I, if I make it to the semifinals, I'm fine.
1: But now yep. you're better than fine. You're headed to the finals. You're one step away, one win away from a million-dollar prize to your charity.
0: I, I hope I win it for the charity because I really love this charity.
1: Are they watching? Do they know what's at stake here for them?
0: Yes, and I want them to, to please bet on Ike Barinholtz. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can get Ike Barenholtz to play for them as well. All right,
1: all right. Mm -hmm. I think he might already have a charity he claimed. Mm, Now we I can change that. (laughs) We know your daughter was was watching in the original game. How do you think she's gonna think about dad in the semifinals (sighs) with the come from behind win?
0: Uh, I hope I have earned a few a few cool. I actually earned way more cool points uh, being next to Brendan because her favorite show is Ted Lasso, then me. I feel like she was rooting for Brendan. That's how much she loves Coach Beard. So I think she's a little torn right now.
1: What can we expect from you in the finals? What kind of gameplay are you bringing?
0: Uh, Dry mouth and tension.
1: Okay, I think that's a great combination. Congratulations on this win. Let it soak in. You are a two-time Jeopardy champion, and we'll see you in the finals.
2: Thank you. You can certainly hear the shock and surprise (laughs) in his voice. Hopefully he settled himself down before the final so he could really give his best performance. Uh, Let's answer some viewer questions now, shall we? Let's do it. Miranda asks, I'm wondering why there is a break during the Jeopardy round and not during Double Jeopardy can't wait for the upcoming shows and episodes
1: well thank you Miranda you know this is a tricky thing we don't ever want to interrupt gameplay but we do have to take a break and it happens to fall in between the jeopardy round so it just made sense to have that be the point in with which we do interviews because in the double jeopardy round we don't want to interrupt Mm gameplay in any way we don't have to do so for a break and so we want our contestants to just have that real momentum and get through all 30 of those clues
2: all right andrew asks when the show comes back from the first commercial break halfway through the jeopardy round wow it's almost like these questions are related okay the camera does a sort of aerial pan over the three people sitting at a desk just off stage in order to get to the contestants and ken they're all wearing headphones and seem to have multiple screens with different camera angles on them who are these crazy people and (laughs) what the heck are they doing during filming
1: Well, I'm one of the crazy people, so if you're looking at your screen, all the way to the right is our supervising producer, Rocky Schmidt. Uh, I'm next to Rocky, and then to my left is one of our co-head writers, Billy Weiss. Headsets became essential in COVID because we all had to wear masks, we all had to be distanced. As you will see on that shot, we actually have glass dividers between us, still following a lot of our COVID protocols. You see the back of our heads because then you don't have to see our masks, but we are wearing them. And so we are part of the judges table. You're seeing kind of half of the table on that shot. As for our monitors, we all have different things that we can see. I have a monitor that shows what's on the game board. I also have a monitor that shows what's in the video wall, so to speak. So if there's a picture or a clip or a celebrity presenting a clue, I can see that as well as what is on the initial game board, the text of the clue to make sure both match and are correct. At Rocky Station, on the desk part, he actually has the readouts of when the contestants write their wagers for Final Jeopardy, when they write their responses. So if you were to take a camera shot of me during Final Jeopardy, I'm leaning over Rocky's (laughs) desk to see who's responding with what response so that I can anticipate who's gonna win and know kind of to cue the host and so that we're ready for whatever moment is going to happen. For instance, in a game where someone like Troy is going to end his run, we want to acknowledge his run, and there's a lot of things that would happen at that at the end of that show that might be different that would happen in a normal show.
2: And in addition to the contestants and the host, you're also hearing the control room, and you're communicating all back and forth. Right, it's a, yes. Good a point. stage yeah. manager. So that's why we wear the headsets <laughs> at this
1: point. All the people we used to just be able to lean over and talk to, we can't do so anymore. And also we have to be able to communicate to the booth. We have to be able to talk with our compliance company on different rulings. And so when we stop now for a ruling, we always used to kind of gather around in a circle, and now it's really just all of us in our positions on our headsets discussing the ruling. Maybe the booth is going to play something back for us to listen to. We will hear it in our headset. We can see it on the monitor. A lot, a going lot, on. Yeah. A lot going on. A question, machine,
2: yeah. Lot going on. Well oiled. Good thank question though. Really good question. All right, that is it for today's show. Join us here next Monday for more gameplay discussions and we'll be recapping the Celebrity Jeopardy final.
1: Oh, yes. We will soon be finding out who will take home the million dollar prize for charity, the title of Celebrity Jeopardy! champion, and a very cool trophy.
2: Very cool trophy. Yeah,
1: you're going to have seen that by next week, so that's (laughs) exciting too. Will it be Patton? Will it be Ike? Or will it be Will? See what we did there? Don't forget (laughs) to tune in this Thursday to find out. And as always, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, and follow us at Jeopardy! On Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on TikTok. And send your questions to Inside Jeopardy Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week.
2: Bring in Johnny on his axe and Michael on the bongos. <laughs>